Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGuru's Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are hanging out with Cloda Higgins, who is a business coach and consultant for digital marketing agencies with the Grow It Group based in Ireland. And she works with clients all around the globe. An ex-HubSpotter, she has worked with over 500 agencies, helping them on areas of sales, marketing, services, scaling, and growth in their business so that they can deliver exceptional results to their clients. And she's also a world record holder for women's bench press in the power lift. Cloda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Brent. Absolute pleasure to be on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> and yeah, because you have uh, you have your show, uh, Agency Life, as well, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so um, based uh, doing very similar things, just talking to agency owners all around the world. Obviously, because I used to work in HubSpot, that's where most of my pool of guests come from. So it's it's kind of uh, most of those. But I do talk to lots of different types of agency owners all around the world. I just love the audience. I love the the group of people. They're incredibly eclectic, driven, funny, passionate, uh, amazing people to work with. And you were at HubSpot. Uh, how, how long were you with uh, with that organization? I was there at a really cool time where they just branched from, it was the first office outside of Boston and they started opening in Dublin. It was about eight years ago. And at that time, there was like 40 of us. I started in the office, there was about 40 of us. So our parties were all together. Um, I think currently there's 800 people there right now. <laughs> and it was pre-IPO. It was a fantastic time to be a part of the partner program and uh, grow. I was growing the APAC region, actually, because even though it was in Europe, I had previously lived in Australia and they gave me the Australian APAC Asia market to cover which meant I was doing a lovely up at 4 a.m. calls with uh, Australian digital agency owners who had purchased HubSpot and I was onboarding them. You know, I thought, I mean, I think HubSpot has done a fantastic job with their partner model. I know a lot of software companies looked at agencies as a partner channel 
network to get their product out there in the hands of small business owners. And I feel like agencies are on the front lines with businesses every single day, providing so many different amazing marketing services. And a lot of companies have that idea of using, uh, leveraging, partnering with agency owners to get into small businesses. I feel like very few of those companies actually do that well and really kind Mm -hmm. of go all in and commit to that. And I think seeing HubSpot over the last decade really do that well, I think was, I mean, something that I've always been very, um, I've always admired what they've been able to do because we worked with some other software teams that kind of waffled on that and they kind of did the part partner thing, but they also did the, you know, the direct thing and they kind of didn't make that work. Uh, so I, I was always really impressed with that. That's cool that you played a part in that journey. When, when did yeah. you decide to leave, um, HubSpot? I mean, did you say, Hey, I want to go out on my own and help agency owners. Was there a catalyst for you? Yeah, it was, it was actually all happened uh, quite organically after I, I probably want to, would have want to have been one of the oldest people in the HubSpot Dublin office. And I was in fact older than the managing director when I walked in the door. Um, I was only 40, but the average age was 25. I had returned back to Ireland and I was starting my, I, I wanted to start my network and my career, my education and everything all over again. I had run a digital agency down in Sydney, Australia. And so I came in the door with an agency and working in the company as well. I had a different level of experience. So once I was talking to agencies, after about the six-month mark, we'd cover off onboarding the software, marketing, doing campaigns, and working with the first couple of clients. My calls started to get deeper into how do they hire how do they fire? How do they um, turn a profitability from a single digit into a double digit? Um, are they running in, uh, the right business? And so I started to get these questions that I felt were sort of um, were outside the scope of sales and marketing. And but I knew I could find the answers for them because I'm a big believer in not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> uh, so I went to finding uh, all the best HubSpot agencies in the ecosystem that were in double digit profits, had a low churn uh, and had high retention of their team. And I just interviewed them and spoke to them and asked them what was their secret sauce and started to learn their secret sauce. And most of them, it was, uh, they had used the entrepreneurial operating system, uh, EOS by uh, Gino Wickman, uh, the book is Traction. And that's where I'd seen they had put this business methodology into their business. And of course, hard work and working smarter. And that's where I started to go, wow, this is amazing and learned it and would educate my agencies on it that I was talking to because they would, I I wanted to help, you know, and I I didn't want to sit there and go, uh, that's not a sales and marketing conversation, (laughs) 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 you know, and uh, I just became fascinated with that business coaching and, and that world sitting in the office of HubSpot, I got a knock on the door from uh, a mergers and acquisition company. And they said, look, we're going to pull together some agencies. We're going to make the biggest inbound agency in the world. And would you like to come and join the team? So it was a bit of a corporate fairy tale, to be honest. So you, in terms of, so you left HubSpot to start this larger or to be a part of this larger agency from an M&A play? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, but doing it through the consulting of Grow a Group. So I became a part owner of Grow a Group and we were working in merging that that company. It's called Avidly. 
Um, but I was also able to work with other agencies as well. They could see the value that a lot of these services, businesses, professional services is a tough business and they hadn't been uh, given the right tools. And so it was uh, the deal was come out, do what you want to do, which is business coaching for digital marketing agencies. And the number one client was going to be this big merger. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty amazing deal. It was a bit of a no brainer. Um, it wasn't easy to leave HubSpot, but I don't, I realized that I don't like working in large companies. Um, if it had got to nearly 200 people by the time I'd left after four and a half years, I didn't really, I didn't know everyone and I liked saying hello to people and knowing something about them. It's just who I am. You know, when you meet someone and you go, oh, hi, how are the kids? Did you have a nice weekend? Did you go water skiing or something? I just loved that. Um, and once I got to 200, I was like, mm, I felt I didn't know everyone. And that uh, was the right opportunity to uh, be part of the mergers. Also with this company, they, uh, they do mergers and acquisitions all around the world. They're involved in lots of different businesses. And um, I was going to be learning and working with a group of people that were... Um, knew more than me. A lot has been going on in the world over the last few months. And there's a lot of external challenges, uh, external events that I think have triggered agency struggles right now uh, across your clients and kind of what maybe with relationships that you have still with people at HubSpot. I mean, what do you feel like has become some of the top, maybe one or two of the top challenges that agency owners are dealing with right now? Yeah, so it, it, this nothing unusual uh, from a learning point of view. Like when I when I left HubSpot and started working in the um, with Growit, the first thing that I realized was that the entrepreneur mindset is very different from the employee mindset. It's the number one thing I work on with every agency is helping the uh, owner of the business to understand that they do not have many them working in the company, that these employees need different things. They have different motivations. They don't care about the company as much as the owner ever will. You know, um, I love working with agency owners and entrepreneurs. They're, they're such a driven, passionate bunch of people. And in when the lockdowns and pandemics and, you know, whatever you want to call it <laughs> hit, Everyone around the world, I work with agencies from New Zealand to Canada, South Africa, Northern Europe, the UK, they just embraced the challenge. They, you know, the calls I was having was like, right, everyone's at home. We've got this. We're going to ring every client. And they, they were like taking it to arms. You know, it was like a challenge to them. It was almost like a bit of a dream. They were like, okay, I, I don't have to commute. I can stay at home. I can work all day and night on my business. My partner will understand that this is what I've got to do. It was a bit of a kind of dream for them. You know, this is what they lived for. However, the employees that worked with them never applied to work remote. It was not there. A work remote employee is a very different employee from someone who's been forced to try to work at home th through a pandemic. So the first few weeks, there was a lot of adrenaline. It kept it going. It was like, what are clients going to do? Fight or flight. Uh, there was, you know, employees were like, okay, let's do the best work that we can. Let's make sure that we are showing our employers that we're, uh, um, that we're productive, that we can do this. And then, you know, within six weeks, you can't live off that adrenaline. But Nobody was taking a break. I've seen some massive cracks now with anyone who didn't take some time out. 
from an entrepreneur point of view, if they didn't take a time out and from an employee point of view, number one, they felt survivor guilt. The employee felt like um, my friends have lost their jobs. My family members have lost their jobs. I better, you know, keep working. Uh, number two, there was nowhere to fly to, to take a break to, you know, we're so programmed that holidays mean leave your you know, house. <laughs> they, you can have a holiday and be at home. Um, and number three, they could see that the entrepreneur was working 14, 15 hours a day and busting themselves. So they didn't want to put in a, a notice to go, hi, I'd like to take some time off. And that combination has caused um, some, some burnout, some tiredness. And uh, it's something that we're working on through right now. It's a real mixed bag when it comes to clients. I think some countries have created this false sense of security by giving companies grants and allowances for keeping their staff on. Um, so right now, if you are an agency and you have a client that has a grant and has um, been given assistance, you are waiting you are waiting for them to come back. You are waiting for what's going to happen. You have put your business on hold. They have put their business on hold and we don't know what for. And so those countries, it is been interesting as, as opposed to some countries, there was no assistance. So therefore agencies were forced to think of different, look at maybe going the e-commerce route or maybe offering services that they hadn't offered before. And you know, it's, it's a tough one because I, I feel now that waiting for what, you know, I'm, I always think of like waiting for that guy who says he's going to ring, you know, <laughs> you know, I was, I was never one of those girls, you know, the n number got to, you know, I'll ring you sometime. The number got deleted. You know, <laughs> I was like, I would find another thing to do. You know, I would keep myself busy. And I think the agencies that went, okay, it's good that Perhaps that client will come back. However, let's work on the basis that what if they don't? And those agencies um, have found other ways of doing things, incredible, oh, just incredible, innovative ideas and resourcefulness that um, have been really brilliant, like uh, creating their own online training academies, um, going back to basics, uh, offering things to their clients that perhaps were beyond them. Uh, but now are, you know, providing revenue for them, um, creating masterminds for their groups. And, and it has been incredibly inspirational to see the ones that did not wait. The ones that are waiting, I feel for them because how long and when and what does it look like? You mentioned the word burnout and you put it in the context of the employees of the agency, which I think is awesome because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we might be more focused on kind of how we feel in the moment. We think everybody kind of operates at our speed and are just mm -hmm. like as motivated about our business as we are. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it's really important to talk about employee burnout and the potential risks. And I think if our listeners have teams or have people, you know, um, we, we want to be doing things uh, for them. But I, do, I also want to talk about burnout with the entrepreneur because at this point, when we're doing this interview, it's late June. Yeah. And, you know, COVID kind of, you know, the big boom was March 15, March 16, somewhere around there, right? I think March 17th right. was kind of when like the market or whatever, you know, that, that kind of stuff happened around then. So, I mean, we're actually at, you know, kind of beyond three months. I mean, what about 
what have you seen with the entrepreneurs that are leading the businesses at 14, 15 hours a day? I mean, that's not sustainable. And, uh, you know, are they taking breaks? I mean, what are you, what are you advocating that your clients do, uh, to take care of themselves and kind of protect their core asset? Yeah, it's um, my. I was uh, having dinner with my mom and dad the other day. They're like, been, they've been together fifty years. Uh, grew, I grew up in an, an incredible marriage. They're, they're totally chalk and cheese, two totally different people. Um, but they have never spent this amount of time together, <laughs> even in the fifty years that they've been together. And my dad turned around. And he went, "We've been to, we've been together for a hundred days." And my mom's like, "That's ninety nine days too long." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, even, you know, happily married couples <laughs> are uh, put at their wits end. Uh, but from a, it, it was interesting enough, like I, I understood it. And I, with the clients that I was working with, I, I, I stay very in tune with them on a personal level. Like I, I speak to them on the phone, I, I text them, I leave them messages, I check in with them. Apart from the work that we're doing, I always go, hey, you know, check out this or check out this book or check out this podcast or, hey, how's your week going? Or did you, you know, how's things going with your wife who's pregnant? You know, like that. I, I have, we speak on a personal level. So I'm always keeping an eye out on their, their own side of mental health and their own, their burnout kind of signals. Um, so from, I, I kind of gave them, I knew this was coming in there, you know, I could see people, they were tired or they would say to me, I don't know what to do this week. I don't know what to focus on. And I was like, well, the thing you need to focus on is a break, <laughs> and, you know, and, and help just sitting and looking at their calendar. So I, I think the first six weeks it had to be done. They had to figure out their business. They had to figure out some things. But after the six week mark, I started just ask them questions about, um, you know, uh, what's your week like? Okay. Can you see any gaps there? Um, it, are there days that you could take off Zoom? So perhaps it's it's hard to tell an entrepreneur to stop working because everything's wrapped up in it. Their house, their livelihood, their ego, you know, 20 employees, whatever it is. It is very difficult. Um, so I do it in a way where it's manageable. And remember as well, and Brent, you probably know this too. I'm, I'm on the same boat. A couple of days off for us, that's like two weeks, you know, we're, we're just charged differently. So as long as I can get them to maybe take a Friday and a Monday off and then chill, chill at the weekend. And um, my recommendation was just stay off your phone, stay off your laptop. And if something comes into your business mind, like into your mind about your business, take a pen and paper, take a notebook and write it down. Just do not open a laptop. Do not go near your phone and see how that is. And that has proven to work really well for the, the people that took that. And in fact, um, tomorrow I'm going to do take my own medicine and do that too, to just disconnect and take some time out of the Zoom hamster wheel <laughs> that I seem to be living in from for, for the last few weeks. So I think the first thing is if you are listening to this and you're going, but I can't take it. Yes, you can. The best thing to do right now is to to give yourself a rest. Everyone needs it. And when I say a rest, that does include not to just go and throw yourself into the family. While it's good to spend time with your wife and kids and, and the family and your partner and, and significant other, that's really important. But you do need time for yourself, like going into the woods, looking up at the sky, going on the beach, going, going somewhere to be on your own and maybe journal and maybe write. And it's okay. Um, because you, none of us have been in this situation before. So I think if you're feeling foggy, it, that's the first thing to do is just start to look at, okay, where can I, carving out hours, then maybe half a day, 
start off with, okay, I'm having a Zoom free call day, questioning every meeting, going, really, do I need to be on that meeting? Start to clean out your calendar. The best thing you can do right now is recharge because I hate to say it, (laughs) but I deep down feel that this lockdown is the easy part. Mm. (laughs) And what you don't want is for the lockdown to open up or wherever you are in whatever state you are in America and you ain't got any energy for what's coming next because what's coming next is trying to integrate people back into the office, trying to integrate people back into their commute, uh, trying to figure out how you're going to work as an agency, trying to figure out when your clients who said they're coming back they can't come back because they've got a whole other load of challenges. Anxiety with employees who don't want to come back into the office. They can't figure out what's going to go on. So I, I think right now that the next couple of weeks are really important to start looking at mini breaks. And mini breaks mean mini breaks on your own, not mini breaks where the wife has a to-do list of all the things you've got to do around the house. Unless that's super relaxing for you to paint the fence and clean the guttering. Yeah, that's that's kind of my advice, and I'm I'm taking my own medicine um, this for the next four days. Uh, four days will be enough for me. I'm, I'm pretty highly charged, and once I get back into work, uh, it's going to be okay. So I think that's important for entrepreneurs. You're different, you, you know. You're very very diff- differently charged, um, and uh, yeah, a, a recharge can can take be a half a day, a two days, four days. You'll feel like a brand new person. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients' websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. One of the things I, and I like how you talk about this entrepreneur mindset versus the employee mindset. I think one of the things that I feel like takes energy from me uh, every day is making decisions. And one of the things that I've noticed even about myself through all of this is that we've had to make really big decisions. I mean, a lot, or, you know, some big decisions, some small decisions, over the last three months, I mean, whether that means, you know, you know, whether it means, you know, pursuing government money or not pursuing government money, whether it means pivoting our messaging or not pivoting, whether it means pivoting our offers or coming up with new stuff to sell, uh, decisions around team members. I mean, there's all these decisions. And I think something that's come up for me is just, you know, feeling that decision fatigue as a key symptom of burnout of, wow, maybe I do need to take a break because I just seriously can't, you know, even small decisions become kind of heavy, heavy things for, for, for somebody and, and, and realizing that maybe I need to step away from Zoom or step away from this. Are there any other symptoms that you can help our listeners identify if they are struggling with burnout, if maybe they haven't taken a break, but they're having a hard time deciding if now's the right time for them to take a break? I mean, what other symptoms might come up for uh, an agency owner right now? Yeah, the decision is is a big one. It's also mood, um, losing temper um, with with staff, you know, and are, are saying if you're constantly saying to yourself, why aren't they? Why aren't they? Why are they? Why are they? Like if you're questioning and and comparing or looking around your team, and, and things are frustrating you that wouldn't have frustrated you before, I think that's a very clear indication that you're not appreciating that 
we're not working from home. We're, we're trying to do a job in the middle of a pandemic. So I think another thing around decision-making, um, feeling tired all the time and having absolutely no interest in anything else but work if you're overworking. So you are putting, you, you're not finishing and you're not walking away. Perhaps um, people in your life, your partner, your family, or someone has said, you know, has said to you, God, you know, are you taking any time off? I think because there's no outside entertainment to go to, which we all would have done before, had the massage, gone on the holiday, gone out for dinner, gone for a weekend away, gone to Vegas. God, I miss Vegas. So like all those things that were external because they're gone, it's, you know, we're working. So I think overworking, things that, if things are bugging you, you're getting really frustrated if you're digging into areas of your business that you know are not on your roles and responsibilities, um, like, for example, if you have a people manager for your service delivery, but you're going to pick up some issue you have with one of somebody on the team yourself without going through the proper channels, uh, you've got, you, you, you are not, that was not the right decision, which means you were not rested enough to make the right decision. So you haven't got perspective. Um, yeah, they would be kind of on some of the other things, just general tiredness, general lackluster, um, overworking um, and getting really ir- highly irritated, being very prickly, over prickly about things, everything. If everything's really uh, that feeling, it's time for a break. So if you're acting like a jerk to your team, uh, it's time for you to take, take a vacation. That's We're giving you permission or, right now. If you're getting a little testy. Yeah. <laughs> If you're feeling like, a pre- if somebody's like, whoa, or someone's giving you wide berths or going, I actually had a very funny agency owner. He messaged me and he goes, I'm taking some time off because I've been at them as well, nagging them going, have you taken, have you booked some time off? And he's like, somebody, he goes, I feel like I've been really ratty this week. <laughs> I was like, good word. And I said to him, I've heard because I actually had heard. <laughs> I'm not going to let them get away with it. You know, I was going, yeah, I've heard takes my time off. Like, what are you doing? So, um, I'm a very straight talker when it comes to, um, yeah, how I speak to people. That's one of the reasons they like me. <laughs> Clodo, one of the things you mentioned earlier today is your kind of discovered passion for the entrepreneurial operating system. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gino and his team and all the things that they've done and have, we, we use some of their tools and we also are big advocates of them. It sounds like you're doing a lot of EOS work with your clients. I know a lot of our listeners, if they've been listening to this show for any amount of time, they've heard us recommend and talk about the book Traction many times. So for, for our listeners that are using Traction, maybe they're not using an implementer or not using a coach or consultant. How have you seen the last three months, I mean, you know, change EOS implementation? I mean, if you're using the tools, if you're doing quarterly planning, I mean, I know one of the things that we've done for years is, you know, get, go into a conference room and lock ourselves in there for a day or two days uh, out of the yeah. year of, of getting into a room together and doing, you know, level 10 meetings and, and, and things like that. So Gino's got this amazing, you know, 20 or so tools in their kit, you know, has your... Uh, have you had to adjust how you help people use those tools? Uh, are still all of the fundamentals still there? I mean, what are some of the challenges that you've helped people overcome around implementation of some of those business tools? Um, yeah. So um, while I'm not a full-blown EOS implementer just yet, and and you know one of the reasons for that is I work with specific digital agencies who 
need some adaption. And I, I, while it's definitely on my wish list when I grow up to become a full EOS implementer, I, I do work um, with some other methodology that's specific for digital agencies and professional services businesses. So I probably might not use all the tools with them, but with the EOS, uh, the agencies that I've worked with who have implemented EOS, they are definitely ones that are a lot more solid through the last three months than people who have not. So from that point of view, they were able to take the emotion out of how they felt and go back and look at the tools and the numbers that they have. A huge tool that I have found really helpful in helping agencies or businesses implement EOS is a software tool called Traction Tools, which actually helps implement all the EOS, no matter what business you are. It runs the meetings, it runs the quarterlies, it holds all the data, keeps it live. And I only discovered that after a year of working with EOS, I was late to the party. But what that has done is enabled people to have um, virtual quarterly meetings now. So we all know it is better to have a meeting in person. We get that. However, with the changes that have had to come up, there has been adaptations of that. So using a tool like Traction Tools is a really get, great way of, of pulling all the data together so that you can look at it and then you can prepare your quarterly meetings. So we've had to make adaptations about having quarterlies and um, there was a couple of annuals that needed to be had and they needed to be virtual. In that respect, you would only do like you would book a 45 minute topic and then a 15 minute break, a 45 minute topic, 15 minute break. And, and you can't run a whole day. Sometimes um, it's not fair for someone to sit on an eight hour Zoom session, even with the breaks in between. Uh, so the adaptations have had to be made like that. But um and, and I know EOS have been, I've been seeing some of the EOS implementers doing the same thing where they've changed their in-person meetings to be um, virtual. And um, I've heard that they're working really, really well. But in the whole, like some of the agencies that I used to work with, and then they got back in touch because I just checked in with everyone, whether they're on my current book of business or not. I just wanted to make sure that everyone was okay. And it was just astounding, Brent. The ones that had EOS, they just had this level-headedness about them. They were able to make decisions about their business. They were obviously, you know, worried and upset, but they would just sit down and run their level 10. Think about the numbers, make the decisions, go to their people analyzer and go, right, who do we, you know, what do we need to do when it comes to the future of our business? And and what do we need to do when it look when we look at our numbers? And it really just, I feel like it helped ground them and gave them a solid place. Whereas I know before I started working with them, I knew the challenges they had in their business. And I, I just fear that they wouldn't have had the same opportunity to grow, build, adapt, pivot, change um, without EOS that, that, you know, that they have been able to do now. And I, I keep checking in them once a month to go, Hey, how's it going? You know, where are you at now? And, they're all just doing such exceptionally well. So I've just such so much admiration and um, delight that I actually found EOS. Thanks. It was thanks to Marissa Smith, actually, from the Whole Brain Group, who's now a full-blown EOS implementer herself. Yeah, uh, I, know, I know. I know Marissa, or at least we were at a mastermind, yeah. gosh, seems like yeah. almost a decade ago. Uh, wow. So that's, uh, yeah, we definitely, she was one of the people when I first discovered uh, Gino 
was actually going out to uh, a group called the Digital Masterminds uh, many, many years ago, and that was that was when I, I dipped my toe in it and said, "Hell, hey, this this could help." Uh, so that's that's super cool that you brought her name up today. <laughs> I love it. I love this small world. It's great, yeah. isn't it, Brian? I, I think it's one not- of the things that um, that worked, or I can see what you're you're talking about in terms of keeping a level head, because. I think one of the emails I got from their group was talking about, you know, it, it's just an issue. It's just one more issue that has nice. to be solved. And if you're in that habit of attacking those issues every week for your business anyways, and you put it in the context of, you know, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but at the same time, it's just an issue. It's just one more issue that needs to get solved uh, in your business. And, and hey, we know good times or bad times, business has... Plenty of issues for us to work on. I'm always surprised when I when I talk to a, an agency owner. I'm like, "Hey, what are your issues?" And they're like, "Oh no, we're good. We don't have any issues." And I'm like, "Man, uh, we should we should probably switch businesses then, because I always got issues, man. You want to work on mine?" Uh, and, and I think that's something that they've they've put out there that I think is such a good message that it's just an issue. It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. You know, really that crazy. It's just one more thing that needs solving in your business. And uh, and I think that's a really good a good message. And I'm glad you're out there sharing it. And um, I. Uh, yeah, this is this has been a super awesome conversation, Cloda. Are you ready for our lightning round? Absolutely. Hit me. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever Oh <laughs> it's it's my dad. Oh god, it's so funny. Dad used to run retail. He was at he owned a record shop. And now he's uh, like business advisor and things. And so you know, when somebody comes to you with an idea, he would hear ideas all the time. So I've got this great idea and it's this and this and this. He has one line. He just goes, where's the till? So like, how are you going to make money with this? You know, so every time it's like, I have an idea, I just hear, where's the till? Like, how is that going to... Ideas are great, but where's the till? Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? It's definitely going to be my uh, ability to power lift. And I train, I put a gym in my house so that I would get up and train and I work out seven days a week. Seven days a week? Yep. I'm on a, I'm doing Andy Frisella's 75 day hard at the moment, which is incredible mindset and physical fitness kind of challenge. And uh, yeah, it's, it's working out for 75 days. So right now I'm at 75 day with two workouts a day, one outside, one inside. Boom. We were you were, we were talking about powerlifting in the pre-show. We didn't get into it really in the show, but it was an intimidating conversation. And now I feel like you've just intimidated me again that you're working out seven days a week. I feel like I have, you know. Twice a day, friend. Twice a day. Twice friend. a day. Yeah, friend, I'm at home in the west of Ireland in a cottage on my own with no kids and no animals. Uh, it's the least I can do is work out two days. <laughs> All right, all right. I guess I have. I got the two kids, the dog, mm-hmm. the two cats, the, the, the wife. Yep. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we we have a lot going on here. So I don't know You've if they would. Me. I don't know if they'd let me do two <laughs> two a days uh, right now. But uh, yeah. So please, my current my current current circumstances do permit. I.e., I'm not annoying anyone. <laughs> Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm having so much fun just on TikTok right now. Do it. And you're not too old for it. I have lost myself on a couple of TikTok uh, distraction (laughs) sessions. I have one of our clients, 
I usually don't comment much on lightning rounds. So here I go. Uh, one of our clients actually is getting a ton of business through TikTok. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. So if you're out there thinking that this is just for, you know, uh, teenage dance videos, uh, there is a lot of business that's starting to, to perk up on uh, on TikTok for sure. And the activism. Go go the activists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot happening. And, and it's crazy yeah. the reach that that platform has given people mm-hmm. in a very short period of time. I mean, one of our guys creates these videos. He's getting, you know, I think he's got over 50,000 50, followers and talks about SEO and other random things on TikTok. So what book would you recommend and why? So we've talked about traction, which is Gina Wickman, but the the next one that I wish I'd found years ago is Mike Malkovich's Profit First and his series of books, The Pumpkin Plan and um, Fix This Next. I have been absolutely inspired by Mike. Big fan. Had him on the show. We'll make sure to link out to him in the his episode, his interview on the show, in our show notes, as well as Profit First, oh, The Pumpkin Plan. All that awesome. stuff. Uh, awesome guy. Awesome writer. Great books. Shift. Major shift. I think out of all the books that I've heard, besides, I'd say, besides Traction, Profit First mm-hmm. has probably been the one that I hear our our members and our clients talk about as being a, a you know, kind of a, a, a Bible of sorts, right? They, they live by yeah. it kind of thing. And you just don't hear that very often. I hear a lot of random books, but like those two are very kind of core essential reading. So thanks for yeah, so, suggesting that yeah, on the show. If I just give an aside to that, look, when I read Traction for the first time, it was like, I think it was years after I had started my own business. Like it, Traction made me cry because I was like, God, I did everything the hard way. And I was so frustrated about myself. And Profit First has just made me feel really relieved as well from the finance side of things. So if if Traction is helping you with your whole business, Profit First made me feel like, oh God, I, I wasn't meant to understand the finances because I didn't have the tools. Uh, so from a financial point of view, just incredible amount of um, learning and just so simple. Cloda, this has been awesome. Uh, if you guys want to check out those book recommendations. If you want to get some takeaways, some gold nuggets, you can check that out at our show notes page, ugurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Cloda's episode right up there at the top. How can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah. If you just head on over to growitgroup.com straight away, that's just the easiest way to get um, in touch with me. I've got a business audit up there. I've got some free tools and Agency Life, the podcast is coming up to nearly 70 episodes. So there's 70 agency owners who share the highs and lows of agency life. Um, While you're listening, you can subscribe to this one and subscribe to my one too. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will also link out to those on our show notes. So if you are on the road, on a run, uh, somewhere without a computer. Check that out, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. You'll find those links over to Cloda's business, her podcast. Follow her, check her stuff out. You're an amazing uh, person in this market. You're helping a lot of people uh, grow their business, which is what we're all about. And uh, we really appreciate you stopping by the program today. Thank you so much for having me, Brent. An absolute pleasure to uh, be the guest for a change. Well, you're uh, welcome back anytime and uh, really appreciate you being here today. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I want to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out? Cash crunched? Fed up with your business? 
Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app, but they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, I want to invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.